is a presentation of the Michigan Sports Network. Wednesdays on the Huge Radio Network are presented by the Michigan High School Athletic Association. You can follow everything about high school sports 24-7 at MHSAA.com, at MHSAA on Twitter, and MHSAA on Facebook. Wednesdays on the Huge Show are presented by the Michigan High School Athletic Association. We are back live across Michigan on a Wednesday broadcast being produced by Superfly Hayes, who's at our flagship station, 96-1 The Game in downtown GR. We're on the road north side of Grand Rapids at the new Power Strength Training Systems Gym and state-of-the-art facility, grades 5 through 12, college-age boys, girls, men, and women, individual training, group sessions, and more, Power Strength Pro. Dot com is her web address. Uh, inside this hour, Jeff Kimmerly from the Michigan High School Athletic Association media team will join us. Uh, we'll preview the eight divisions in high school football in Michigan and also even uh, the eight-man groups. We'll do that momentarily. Also, at the end of this hour, our weekly conversation, True and Blue segment, where we look at the great things men and women in law enforcement are doing across our state in conjunction with the Michigan Association of Chiefs of Police. And we'll hear from the police chief of Wayne, Michigan, which is between Ann Arbor and Detroit. That'll be coming up at the end of the hour. We threw out our folds of honor, huge question of the day. What Detroit pro sports franchise has the best front office right now that could lead a team to a championship? Wings, Lions, Pistons, or Tigers? You tell me. 1-866-838-4843. That's 1-866-838-HUGE. That's on the Mercantile Bank listener line. Mercantile Bank with locations all across Michigan. Local team members, local decision makers. And they're a bank based uh, in Michigan. Superfly, you okay? I heard you say something to me. Oh, you're talking about Jeff Kimberly. We'll talk to him in a moment. Uh, we're going to get his thoughts on the top eight uh, divisions. Superfly, that doesn't sound like he's antsy trying to get to his golf league at Indian Trails. I'm only doing a statewide show. I did see a report from Yahoo's Dan Wetzel and confirmed by Sports Illustrated that the Big Ten presidents... Some of them have held internal talks about potentially adding more Pac-12 teams to the mix. The schools being floated in Wetzel's report, Oregon, Cal, Washington, and Stanford. Potential targets by the Big Ten. Well, Cal and Stanford would bring you the San Francisco market for TV. Washington, the Seattle market. And Oregon brings you the money of Phil Knight and Nike. And now when you get UCLA and USC and you start having these road trips for some of the smaller sports out west, they can bump around and do a West Coast swing. I just don't know what Cal and Stanford bring to the table in terms of more money. And I don't think San Francisco is this huge Cal-Stanford TV market. I don't like adding Cal or Stanford at all. Oregon brings some pizzazz, great in football, 
Washington, Seattle. Washington's a college football playoff contender this year. I, I don't like Cal and Stanford, but they might bring Cal and Stanford along because, oh, look at the academics that they bring to the Big Ten. And it's kind of like Rutgers. Rutgers supposedly brought the New York market, but they didn't. Nobody in New York City talks about Rutgers. I like the idea of Clemson, Florida State, Washington, Oregon, but again, you're the Big Ten. You're going to look almost at this West Coast where you're going to need more, and and academics could be a cover here with Stanford and Cal. I can't believe we're talking about college football and academics. So we'll keep you posted on that story. As we're talking about the start of the high school football season three weeks from tomorrow, Jeff Kimmerly from the Michigan High School Athletic Association is standing by on the Roast Umber Coffee guest line. Welcome back, my friend. How are you? Doing good. Uh, yeah, hard to believe where uh, this year just go. Uh, all of a sudden, we're three weeks out on high school football. Yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> you know, you remember when you used to feel like there was a summer and when you really think about it now there's about six weeks in there when when we don't have a lot going on but um you know we have a lot of fun with what we do too so that's okay it's it's, every year a new year start every time a new school year starts it's a whole new group of people coming into what we do um and and that brings a lot of excitement to it uh jeff uh, let's talk about uh, some of the divisions uh in the state of michigan and teams to watch this year uh, statewide. I know you and your crew do a great job uh, with the media, with the information, with everything at MHSA.com and also on your social networks. Uh, what about top division, uh, D1? Who are some of the teams to watch statewide? You know, it's interesting because they just said every year we start a new year and we have a whole new group of people, but we have a ton of individual stars uh, coming back in Division One that people will recognize. Obviously, it starts with Belleville, reigning champion, Bryce Underwood. Everybody knows who he is, the quarterback who's going to go pretty much probably wherever he wants to. Um, when all is said and done, they have another kid, Dave Jeremiah Beasley, who's very, very good. I think they have to be the favorite, but Cass Tech has somebody named Corey Sadler. Um, you know, the people that follow football quite a bit, they know who he is. Uh, he's expected to take on an even bigger role as a sophomore this year. Uh, CJ Carr is the quarterback at Saline. He's well-known. Uh, Rochester Adams uh, has a guy named Brady Priestcorn, who's pretty well-known. Southfield had a quarterback named Isaiah Marshall, uh, who's back, who I, can't, I don't even know how many touchdowns he ended up with last year, but it was a ridiculous number. And then over on your side of things, Rockford has Ryan Ahern back, and he's a pretty well-known guy, too. So, Take all those. You throw a Rochester, or you throw a Clarkston in there. You throw a West Bloomfield in there with a bunch of potential D one guys on defense. Um, after Belleville, there's probably seven or eight teams that, that could make a push. Uh, obviously, they're very focused in that Detroit area, and only only one or two will come out of there. Uh, but I, I think that's where people will be pointing their eyes for the most part when they're thinking about Division One this season. Uh, Jeff Kimmerly for the Michigan High School Athletic Association media team joining us from Lansing here on the huge show across Michigan talking uh, some high school football three weeks from tomorrow night. It kicks off full weekend Thursday, Friday and Saturday with games all across the state. Complete schedule. Go to MHSAA.com. So uh, Division Two, uh, there's another uh, loaded division. I think 
top to bottom as we go through this. Let's talk about uh, some of the teams to watch in Division Two high school football in Michigan in 2023. You know, Warren De La Salle is the reigning champion there, uh, has been in the mix uh, with Dan Roan uh, since he came there uh, after obviously previously being at West Catholic over on the west side uh, of the state. Uh, they graduated quite a bit, but they always have guys, and they're expected to be in the conversation again. Caledonia was a Division One runner-up last year, uh, and they're in Division Two this season. Uh, they have Brock Townsend, who was their biggest playmaker last year, uh, arguably. Uh, he'll be back uh, among a, a couple of other uh, experienced groups uh, on that team, and so they should be very good. Muskegon interests me quite a bit. Uh, they were the Division Three runner-up last year. They're in Division Two this year. Uh, they have Makai Guy back at quarterback, um, and, and another guy named Jacob Price. They actually have a lot of their offense back. Uh, almost all of their playmakers, the, the two Piggy brothers, were very, very good. Uh, so I think they, they can make things interesting as well. De La Salle is the team everybody's going to watch, but uh, there's some West Side power there that people can't miss. Yeah, I agree. It's interesting to watch by divisions, uh, the back and forth from East Side uh, to West Side. Uh, Division three, again, I, I keep going, and we're going to go through them all, but all of these divisions are loaded this year in Michigan high school football. You know, Division three is another one where I've got seven or eight teams down as being the ones to watch even going into the season. Forestville uh, Central was the Division two runner-up last year. They're in Division three this season. They have a ton back. Uh, Ty Hudkins was a big player for them last year. He's one of the ones that's returning. Uh, so I think that'll be interesting. Again, crossing, you know, crossing over to the, the east side, um, Martin Luther King is the reigning champ. They're always in the mix. Obviously, they graduated a ton from last year uh, and, and will have a new quarterback for the first time in, in four years, or five years, I guess. Their previous quarterback started all four, but uh, they're always in the mix. Uh, and River Rouge is supposed to be in that mix also. But we can actually talk about the middle of the state a little bit with Division Three because uh, Mason made the semifinals last year. Uh, they return everybody. They have a junior quarterback named Kaysen Carswell, who's very good. Uh, Parma Western, I've read a lot of good things about. Uh, and Mount Pleasant, actually, um, you know, very quietly, they're always in the conversation. Uh, and this is supposed to be one of those special years again. And I think DeWitt, their best playmakers last year really were sophomores. So they have a very impressive junior class, and, and I think we'll be keeping an eye on them also. Jeff Kimberly from the Michigan High School Athletic Association media team joining us here on the HUGE show across Michigan on a Wednesday preview of the upcoming season that begins three weeks from tomorrow. I mentioned all the schedules. Uh, you can watch a lot of the games uh, on demand, mhsaa.tv, mhsaa.com, and follow MHSAA on Twitter and on Facebook. Uh, Division 4, uh, I, I know it's, it seems repetitive, but it's true. Another loaded division going into high school football in 2023. Sure. Uh, Grand Rapids South Christian, the reign champion there, uh, graduated quite a bit, uh, especially on offense. However, uh, again, one of those programs that perennially has players uh, expecting to bring uh, some people back. They'll be in the mix. Goodrich is a runner-up last year. They're expected to be in the conversation as well. Uh, Chelsea is always there. They were the Division Four champion, uh, I believe it was now two years ago. 
two or three years ago. Um, big things are expected there. Portland is up to Division Four now. They kind of glide between Division Four and Division Five. Uh, they're a contender, and I think Hazlitt is somebody to watch out for a little bit uh, as well. They have a player named Nakai Amakri. There actually are two brothers uh, in the Amakri family on that varsity. Uh, Nakai returned, I think, a kick and a punt for touchdowns against DeWitt uh, in the season opener last year, and they gave DeWitt a pretty good scare. Uh, they're in Division Four this year for the first time, I believe, uh, and I think that could be an, an interesting situation, especially coming out of playing mostly bigger opponents throughout the regular season. Uh, Division 5, we just had Landon Grove, the Grand Rapids West Catholic head coach, uh, on the show here at the Power Strength Training Systems. New facility on playing field on the north side of GR. They won Division 6 last year. They move up to Division 5. He graduated from Gladwin and the Flying G's uh, won a state title, knocking off Grand Rapids Catholic Central. Grand Rapids Catholic Central's offense is loaded. D5 uh, has a west side and east side flavor to it. Yeah, I think pretty much everyone can already forecast that uh, whenever Catholic Central and West Catholic meet up in the playoffs, uh, that's going to be an important game. Uh, obviously, West Catholic graduated you know, some, some very talented players. Uh, Timmy Klaska was one of the names remember from last year's finals uh, the West Catholic power back um, but Catholic Central has a ton coming back they made the semis uh, those two that, that's going to be a special game whenever it does take place um, you know during during the tournament Gladwin graduated a ton um, they, they had so many good seniors last year and, and obviously that paid off uh, they do have uh, a couple of their, their better offensive guys coming back uh, Frank Muth, kind of in the same boat, uh, has, I think, they're two of their top three running backs coming back. So they'll be in that conversation, as they've been the last couple of years. Uh, and, of course, Marine City is another school that's always in that mix, and, and so we'll keep an eye out there, too. Jeff Kimberly from the Michigan High School Athletic Association's media team joining us on the Roast Umber Coffee guest line here on the huge show across Michigan talking some high school football, man, three weeks uh, from tomorrow night, so uh, D6, uh, how does that division look statewide? You know, this is maybe the toughest one to forecast, I think, in part because West Catholic is up in the D5, as we just discussed. Uh, we also get some UP power mixed in, which is always fun, to, you know, to, to get those schools kind of into the conversation as well. So Nagani uh, was the runner-up last year. Uh, and I, and that, this is a program that wins double-digit games, you know, every year or, or just about. So I think that might be the best team in the UP again, just, you know, real early here, obviously. Um, Warren Michigan Collegiate is a program that has had a lot of success the last couple of years. Uh, was Division Six runner-up, I believe, two years ago. Uh, that is a, a, a team that I expect to be in the mix again. And then I, one of these years, Reed City is going to break through. Um, there are a few programs in the state that have had more regular season success over the last decade than Reed City. And so I'm interested to see, you know, I, I don't know if it's this year, but one of these years I feel like they're going to they're gonna be taking another step in the playoffs. And, and with a field as open as D6 looks right now, you know, maybe this is uh, that year. What about Division Seven in high school football this fall? Uh, 
both the reigning champs and the runner-up are, are back with big things expected. Uh, Jackson Lumen Christie and Trevor C. St. Francis. I believe they play each other week uh, week week four, I think. Uh, I believe that uh, week two, I, I know St. Francis has somebody else. Uh, I want to say Edwardsburg, but I think it's somebody else uh, down southwest uh, corner of the state. So regardless, those two are going to play tough opponents. Um and, and they'll be ready for the postseason. I think, as is mostly the case, they'll be favorites. Detroit Loyola's in Division Seven again. Uh, there's always expectations there. They play up in the Detroit Catholic League and such bigger opponents, so they they build up some nice playoff points during the during the regular season. Uh, Millington is a team that's had a ton of success lately, uh, and and they're down to Division Seven. Uh, if you kind of see the trend here, um, some of our top teams are in a one division smaller this year. That's just the way with enrollments numbers shifted a little bit. I believe Millington is one of those that's been mostly division six lately. They're down to division seven. Um, so, you know, again, when you have St. Francis and Lumen, those are some pretty heavy favorites, but I think there might be some other teams to, to keep an eye on. Uh, let's uh, look at division eight in high school football in the state of Michigan this fall. So this is where you have a bunch of those, uh, schools that move down that are generally small school powerhouses. Um, all of a sudden, Division Eight is just packed with them. You have the reigning champ back in Ottawa Lake Whiteford. They graduated their quarterback Shea Ruddy, but they still have a ton coming back from last year, uh, especially in defense. Uh, Ubley has been the, the Division Eight runner-up two of the last three years uh, with a quarterback named Evan Peruski, who will be a senior this year. Uh, so they certainly have to be in the conversation. Um, but then you have Muskegon Catholic Central back in Division 8. You have Glen Lake in Division 8. Iron Mountain, Michigan Lutheran Seminary. New Lothrop's back in Division 8. Uh, Ithaca, which I, I don't think they've ever been Division 8 since I've been involved in this whole thing, which is like 25 years now. Um, they have been Division 6 champions quite a bit. They've played in Division 7 a little bit. They're down in Division 8. Uh, Redding and Flint Beecher, a couple more. Uh, that, like I said, you, a lot of people know who these teams are because you see them at Ford Field in different divisions. A lot of them are in Division Eight this year, and that can make you know, especially those last few weeks of the playoffs, that can make those really interesting. Yeah, really, those names when you talk about uh, Division Seven and Eight and even Six uh, with Grand Rapids West Catholic moving up now to Division Five, very interesting. Uh, and beyond Division Eight, uh, eight-man football, a couple divisions in the state of Michigan, they play. Uh, their state championships, I think, in the UP. Uh, what are some of the hometowns across Michigan that could field strong teams there? Yep, you're absolutely right. We finished those up at the Superior Dome uh, at Northern Michigan University. And uh, our, our champion last year in Division One was Martin. Uh, and that team had a very good senior quarterback who obviously graduated. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see how that program does. Um, I would imagine it'll still be in the mix, but we actually have three of the four teams that played at MMU in Division One this year because the Division One runner-up Merrill, of course, is back, and then Menden, uh, which was the Division Two runner-up last year, is in Division One this year, uh, and actually returns arguably its top running back and one of the top eight player running backs in the state. Uh, so that can make that division interesting. Munising is another one of those uh, UP teams um, that's very good. I would have some expectations there. Uh, Division two, 
uh, is, is, you know, maybe one of our more interesting stories of the whole thing. Um, Powers North Central won three straight Division II titles, uh, brings a 37-game winning streak into the season. Graduated uh, really, well, they graduated their quarterback, who had been the starter for all of those. Uh, graduated a lot over the last couple of years. Um, it'll be interesting to see how long that winning streak continues, who they fill in with. Obviously, when we're talking A-player football, we're talking small communities, schools with uh, 215 or fewer students. Um, you know, to, to have talent year in and year out uh, can be a lot more difficult, and that's one of the places that can do it. But uh, you have a school like Adrian Lundway Christian, which is coming off having gone undefeated for a couple of years in a row in Division One. They're in Division Two now, so that'll be interesting. Uh, some of the other usual suspects like uh, Portland St. Patrick and Crystal Falls Forest Park and Climax Scott and Deckerville are all in that division as well. So uh, people will be coming after North Central, um, but they've got a pretty cool thing to kind of try to defend here as they move forward. Wow, great information. Jeff Kimmerly from the Michigan High School Athletic Association headquarters in Lansing, part of their media team, previewing all 10 divisions in high school football throughout the state and the teams uh, to watch. One thing uh, that we discussed with Mark Ewell earlier in the spring with Michigan State, Penn State moving to that Friday night on Thanksgiving Day weekend, this year only, Uh, The state championships at Ford Field will be on Saturday and Sunday, and they'll wait to announce what divisions play on what days. That will be later in the season. Correct, Jeff? That's the plan right now. Uh, I I think the the first step in that plan is really finding out who might not be available on Sunday uh, to play. There are some schools that have it written into uh, their rules that they can't play games on Sundays. There are some other schools that can't play on Sundays, but uh, will allow an exception for something like this. And obviously this would be the kind of event that would um, you know, be worthy of asking for an exception. Uh, so I, I think we're in that information gathering phase at this point. Uh, you know, obviously the sooner the better for most people. You know, we'd like to announce that, but we also need to make sure we're making a good decision there. So when we're comfortable, um, you know, and it might be right up at the start of the playoff, we, we will be able to let people know which divisions go where. But the sooner we know who isn't an option for Sunday, probably the sooner we'll know what kind of changes we might have to make. Jeff Kimmerly from the Michigan High School Athletic Association. You can follow high school football all year long at MHSAA.com, at MHSAA on Twitter, MHSAA on Facebook. And you can watch live and on-demand boys and girls sports uh, all year long, all sports at MHSAA.tv. And is there still a need for officials uh, in all sports across Michigan? What's the latest on that, Jeff? You know, absolutely. And, and we don't have our, our final numbers in yet. And actually, Mark and the rest of our, uh, all of our officiating department are on their way back from a national officiating conference today. Um, you know, a big part of officiating, not just in Michigan, but nationally right now, uh, is not just recruiting new officials, but retaining the officials we have. Uh, we had about a 20% loss in, in, in our ranks. Uh, for COVID, during COVID, um, obviously people wanting to, especially some of our older officials, uh, looking to keep themselves in safer situations, which totally makes sense. Uh, we had a few percent bounce back last year. 
And I think we feel like we could get another few percent bounce back this year. You know, registration will be completed here soon, um, and, and we'll have a better idea. But uh, certainly, we are looking for people. Uh, we are looking to keep the people we have. We're at a place right now where games are, are for the most part, covered. Um, they may not have as many officials on them as we would like. They might have two instead of three or one baseball umpire instead of two. Uh, but at least we're, we're playing our games. But we're one big rainout away from having a really tough time. Uh, one big Friday night thunderstorm across the state where all of a sudden our officials, who also do college football on Saturdays, uh, are, are unavailable and we have to figure out how to get all these football games in. You can't just reschedule a bunch of football games because you can only play one a week. Um, you know, and, and part of this is, again, keeping our younger officials or our people who are early uh, in, their, in their officiating careers, keeping them involved. Um, we're doing something now where we're really hoping to uh, attract people whose children have just finished playing sports, people who have been in sports, uh, you know, for a decade or more and, and want to stay involved somehow, we would love to have them come out and officiate. So we're trying to think of ways to, to do things, try and figure out ways to, to improve sportsmanship and, and, and make these people's jobs a little bit more, a uh, little bit more comfortable. Um, and and we're, all of those things are, are on the board as we go into a new year. If you are interested in becoming an MHSA registered official, the process of becoming one is an easy uh, step-by-step situation that can be done quickly. Go to MHSAA.com, click on officials, that's MHSAA.com, and click on officials. Hard to believe three weeks from tomorrow, uh, high school football will begin across the state of Michigan, and the high school dead week is in play right now in football programs all across the state. Uh, we'll begin practice coming up on Monday. First game, as I mentioned, uh, three weeks from tomorrow, and then you'll get in uh, to the postseason playoffs through the finals at Ford Field that will be on Saturday and Sunday this year only. It's a one-time thing as the Ohio State-Michigan game will move up because of the expansion of the college football playoffs in 2024. So this year, playing on Saturday and Sunday at Ford Field on Thanksgiving weekend, Michigan State-Penn State will be that Friday night game on NBC and Peacock. All this info and more. You want to be an official? uh, You're a young man or woman. You're retired, whatever it is. Uh, ladies, uh, men, go to MHSAA.com and just click on officials. Jeff Kimberly, thank you. Really good stuff today on the huge show across Michigan. Hey, my pleasure, and you guys have fun over there. All right, Jeff Kimberly, check it in on the Roast Umber Coffee guest line. Roast Umber is a craft coffee. Uh, that is brewed in Grand Rapids. Look for the nitro cold brew in a can or order up uh, your beans that are shipped in from Central America. Look for them at your local retailer or for your home or business. Go to RoastUmber.com. That's RoastUmber.com. From Grand Rapids to Detroit, this show is huge. In the den. 
Hey, sports fans, here's a hanging curveball that you can knock out of the ballpark. This is Matt Shepard, the voice of Detroit baseball, inviting you to step up to the plate at Eagle Casino and Sports, the mobile sports book where you can bet on all your favorites all year round, including, of course, our national pastime. So download the app and start winning today. The Eagle Casino and Sports, made in Michigan, made for Michigan. Must be 21 years or older and in Michigan to play. The trade deadline has come and gone. The Tigers made a move, but not the one many expected. Michael Lorenzen was shipped to Philly for the Phillies' fifth-ranked prospect, but Eduardo Rodriguez sustained put and will pitch today in the series wrap-up in Pittsburgh. Rodriguez could have been a Dodger, but L.A. was one of ten on his no-trade clause, and he wanted to stay closer to home. He's earned that right as a player, and while many question why the Tigers would even negotiate with the Dodgers in the first place, remember, this is something a lot of teams deal with. In fact, the Lance Lynn deal, one of the newest Dodgers, had a no-trade clause in his contract. One of the teams? L.A. But he waived it. Unfortunately for the Tigers, the same couldn't be said for Erod. Bill Simonson here for my good friend, Josh Garvey. He is a managing partner at Bean Garter, soon to be Dorn Mayhew, and they'll be stronger together. And did you know Bean Garter can help your business with outsourcing your payroll and other business needs? That can help ease tax filing and year-end reporting, compliance reporting, human resources management, time and attendance tracking, and more. Just go to beangarter.com to find out more how they can help your payroll system and make your workplace that much smoother. Go to beangarter.com. That's B-E-E-N-E-G-A-R-T-E-R.com. And they can help you with all your payroll needs. Like I mentioned, tax filing and year-end reporting, compliance reporting, human resources management, time and attendance tracking, and more. All your payroll needs can be handled by the team at Bean Garter. Find out more at BeanGarter.com. We played for the thrill. That rush you feel with the game on the line. I'm Herman Moore, Lions All-Pro Wide Receiver. Now, with Eagle Casino and Sports, the new sportsbook app from Soren Eagle, anywhere I'm at, I'm still in the game. Sign up now and get up to $1,000. That's right, up to $1,000 for a risk-free bet on your next favorite underdog parlay or prop. Eagle Casino and Sports. Made in Michigan, made for Michigan. Must be 21 or older in Michigan to play. Huge here for all the Mr. Car Wash locations across Michigan. You're going to want to look into that unlimited monthly pass that I use, Superfly Hayes, my producer uses it. I can get my SUV washed as often as I like for one low price. You can sign up today. Just go to MrCarWash.com or stop by your local Mr. Car Wash location here in Michigan for the one close to you. And to get that unlimited pass, go to MrCarWash.com. You're listening to The Huge Show on the Michigan Sports Network. We are back live across Michigan inside the latest and greatest power strength training system facility on Plainfield near Northland Drive, north side of Grand Rapids from fifth grade to 12th grade in the college to adults, uh, athletic performance training, individual training, team training groups and more. Go to PowerStrengthPro.com. That's PowerStrengthPro.com. Thank you, Mark Ennis, Brian Paulson and the crew here at Power Strength. I also want to invite everybody out to their local brands. They do happy hours twice a day. You'll find the brands in Bay City, brands in Caledonia, brands in Holland, 
Johnny Brands in Granville. Johnny Brands on Leonard off of 131 in downtown GR. And Mike Brands Sr. has the Brands Steakhouse and Grill in Cascade, just east of GR. Go to Brands.com for the brands close to you and order up your brand's favorites for pickup or delivery. That's at Brands.com. And Johnny Brand Sr. and Sandy Brand and the entire brand family stand behind law enforcement in Grand Rapids, Kent County, the state of Michigan, and in America, and also uh, support our military. Like and follow Voice for the Badge on Facebook and on Twitter. That's Voice for the Badge on Facebook and on Twitter. 24-7, everything you need with this show is available on your local podcast platform. Just search The Huge Show where you download podcasts. Huge, 24-7 at net. It's time for another edition of True and Blue. Each and every week, the Huge Show across Michigan joins up with the Michigan Association of Chiefs of Police, and we spotlight the incredible men and women in law enforcement and their stories all across our great state. And today, Ryan Strong, who is chief of police for the city of Wayne, Michigan, he joins us. How you doing, Chief? I'm well. Thanks for having me. All right. Uh, your career in law enforcement, uh, what made you want to jump in and help protect and serve? Ever since I, I can remember, I've wanted to be a police officer. There, there's a picture of me when I was six years old, dressed up as a police officer for Halloween. Um, just something I've always wanted to do. Just the ability to help people directly on a daily basis. It's the best career in the world. Uh, 24 years in law enforcement uh, and now chief of police uh, for the city of Wayne, Michigan. Uh, what's been the moment for you as a police chief in our state? Um, I mean, it's hard to pick over the course of 24 years. Uh, I think a great moment you have is when you realize you've touched lives and um, didn't even know it. I've always had a rule that I treat every single person with respect. Nine times out of ten, they'll, they'll return the favor. Um, you just don't know who you're touching. Uh, I was at a, festival, a community festival last summer. This man walked up to me and shook my hand. I said, how you doing? I didn't really remember him. He said when I was a sergeant on midnight shift 15 years ago, his daughter had run away. I found his daughter, brought him back home, and talked to her on the couch about you know making better choices in life. And I really don't remember this conversation, but he said that that moment where I had that conversation with his daughter helped her get her to get back on the right path, and she's in college now and everything like that. So I think that's one of the best parts about this job is just the ability to help people on it, you know, directly on a daily basis. Yeah, and that's what the great men and women of law enforcement in Michigan are doing, helping people. And that's where uh, we got together with the Michigan Association of Chiefs of Police, and we wanted to spotlight uh, all these stories and take people behind the scenes in law enforcement uh, all across the state. So 24 years in law enforcement for yourself, Ryan, now as chief of police in the city of Wayne. Uh, what's a daily message uh, you send uh, to your staff? I think it's important to know that, you know, police officers make such a commitment to help the public. I mean, you know, we miss birthdays, Christmas, things with our family. You know, we work all hours. I think it's really important that officers realize that, you know, they've taken a duty to serve the public. 
but they also have a duty to themselves to take care of themselves. You know, officers in our department, you know, they're police officers, but they're also husbands, wives, fathers, sons, daughters. And so we have a duty to take care of ourselves and our family as well. You know, one thing I've heard from a lot of chiefs uh, over the last few months here on the huge show across Michigan is the mental wellness that these men and women who are there every day, uh, sometimes walking into the line of fire or saving lives or just shaking hands and out there not knowing when they put on that vest in the morning if they're coming home, that the mental wellness, I know that is close to your heart and that's a focus uh, for your department in Wayne, Michigan. It is. Thanks for the question. I'm very passionate about that. I mean, police officers, I mean, we don't, we're not called when somebody's having a good day. We're called when people are having the worst day of their lives. Um, you know, when someone's died, someone's been seriously injured. Police officers see truly awful things. And unfortunately, I don't think our profession has always done a very good job about taking care of the wellness of our officers. And so it's been a passion of mine. Um, you know, just, you know, there's a few things that's happened over my career that's kind of highlighted the importance of it. Just as an example, when I was in charge of the detective bureau eight or 10 years ago, I attended the autopsy of three children over the course of six months. I mean, that, that's part of the job, but it, it's not a normal thing for a human being to be able to process. And unfortunately, historically over the profession, you know, it's just been, you've been told just to suck it up or after something bad would happen, maybe all the guys would go to the bar after the shift and, and have too much to drink. You know, that's not a healthy way of processing things like that. So I've done a few things at the Wayne Police Department to work on that. Um, after major incidents, we have something that's called a critical incident debriefing, where all the officers involved sit down and talk with either a trained peer or a mental health professional. And it's not like, you know, a touchy-feely hug thing that a police officers might be into. It's just real talk about what happened and how everybody's processing things. If uh, officers aren't processing things well, you know, we can uh, get them some additional help. But in my experience, just simply sitting down and talking about how everything or how everything went down, things we could do better, how it made us feel, that, that, that really helps officers. Uh, another thing we have is something called the peer support team, where we have officers of all ranks, officers, sergeants, lieutenants, who are trained to look for warning signs of mental health struggles in their peers. And it could be something as simple as a little two-minute talk in a locker room, you know, hey, John, how you doing? Or it could be pointing them to additional resources. And it's good that we have somebody at all different ranks so, you know, folks can feel comfortable talking to their peers. You know, the mental health side of that is uh, really profound what you're doing. Ryan Strong, chief of police, Wayne, Michigan, uh, joining us. It's almost like every police department should have a mental health professional right inside uh, that building because you never know what lies ahead in terms of a shift uh, for a man or woman who's serving and protecting in the state of Michigan, whether it's Wayne, Michigan, or any place across our state and across this country. And on that note, when you're talking about the tough side of being a police officer, uh, the recruitment, uh, the total misleading uh, mantra in the media, and why this show continues for 32 years to support law enforcement all across uh, this country, uh, that the recruitment, uh, that good men and women uh, were staying away. And what I really loved hearing uh, the last six months in this partnership uh, with over 4,000 law enforcement openings in the state of Michigan, Chief, uh, that the numbers are bouncing back. 
that recruitment is working, that more great men and women in Michigan are stepping up and hearing uh, the calling uh, to serve and protect. Tell me about recruitment in Wayne, Michigan, and when you talk with other chiefs of police, what's going on here in our state? Sure. I'm glad you brought it up. Our recruitment and retention is, is, I mean, if you ask any chief of police across the country, not just in Michigan, what's the number one problem in law enforcement right now? It's recruiting and retention. Um, you know, I teach college classes in the evenings. I've been doing it for about 20 years. 20 years ago, you'd have 25 kids in the class. 24 of those kids wanted to be the police. Now you might have one kid who wants to be the police. So it's, it's a big issue. Um, young people just aren't as interested in the profession. But to your point, yes, yeah, things are looking up. Um, we've had the police, local police academies have had to add, add extra police academies this year because they're full. So, I mean, that is really good news for, for the profession. Uh, we're definitely holding our own. Um, we're only one or two below our uh, budgeted staffing now. Whereas just a couple of years ago, we were six or seven below. So we're definitely, definitely doing better in that regard. So I am optimistic, but recruiting and retention is a serious issue. And I think my wellness issues go hand in hand. You know what I mean? We're asking these young people to do so much that so we need to take care of them in return. And I think when you take care of the folks who work at your department, uh, they're going to be more loyal. Leadership starts at the top, and it sure does in Wayne, Michigan, with Ryan Strong, Chief of Police in Wayne, joining us on another edition of True and Blue here on the Huge Show Across Michigan, presented by the Michigan Association of Chiefs of Police. If you're interested in becoming a law enforcement officer, whether it's in Wayne, Michigan, or any place across Michigan, just stop by your local police department, check your local city or county website, and the same thing uh, for Michigan.gov if you have interest of uh, becoming a state trooper uh, chief thank you so much my best to all the men and women who protect and serve your support staff and everybody there in wayne michigan thank you